people need to put out music. You need to put out music. Put out music. Put out music. Just put it out. Put it out. Put it out. Put your music out. All right. So you're a music artist with plans to take over the world, huh? Yeah, duh. That's why I'm here. Well, you've come to the right place. Let's go. Welcome to the I Am Northbound podcast. Podcast. Your guide to dominating the new music industry. So today we're going to be talking about Gary V or Gary Vaynerchuk as he is legally known. Is that the right way to say it? Uh, and I'm going to be answering the question, should you be listening to Gary V? Now, I will say first and foremost that I think he's great. I'm, uh, I've been following him for a few years. I'm not as deeply involved in his content as a lot of people are. I know that he has a, a very tight inner circle of fan base, uh, you know, people that support him. And I know for sure that there are a lot of people that are really involved in his content, but um, I'm not that involved, but I definitely have heard a lot that he's had to say. I've watched many of his keynotes. I, I follow his content and um, yeah, I, I usually like what he has to say. I think, I think that he's got like great messages and I think that he's, uh, he's very passionate and I think that's very um, contagious for some people. I think that he's a motivational speaker for people who need to hear it for that reason. So, I'm just going to first of all say this is not um, a sl- uh, I'm not trying to go against Gary Vee at all. I'm not trying to say that uh, anything against him personally because I really think he's a good guy. Um, I wish that I've been able to see him live, but the two times he's come to Sydney, I've been unable to make it due to pregnancy and then my daughter being born. <laughs> so anyway, Gary Vee has been talking a little bit of late about the music industry and he seems to be putting out uh, more and more content about music marketing, which is kind of stepping into my field, which is really cool because it means that I get to be able to comment on what he's saying. And if I think that uh, if I personally agree with what he's saying or not. Now, if you don't know who Gary Vee is, he is a very successful businessman who grew um, a wine company millions of millions of dollars back in the day off Google ads. And he was one of the first people to uh, adopt certain social media platforms and, you know, they've blown up and uh, he's learned a lot about the industry because of that. So he's very, like, very much worthless listening to when it comes to the music, uh, when it comes to social media, sorry. Uh, but of late, he's been talking about the music industry. He's been working with a lot of hip hop artists and, uh, he's, he's got some uh, advice on how a music artist should be promoting themselves, um, in 2019. Now, if you heard from the beginning, that was from one of his latest videos that had come out. That's not me editing it together. (laughs) He's very much aware that he says the same point over and over again, uh, which is to um, release as much music as possible. His uh, approach to selling in this day and age is to constantly release content because of the fact that it costs you nothing and, uh, you know, the technology is there. So, I mean... That's an interesting point. It does kind of contradict, uh, no, not contradict. It, it goes against uh, what my views are of the music industry because I'm much more about releasing, um, taking time to release quality content rather than releasing quickly. But we're going to be talking about that today. He's been releasing. Uh, he's released an article called uh, Six Music Marketing Ideas for Artists in 2019." Now he talks a bit in this article about how much the music industry has changed, and uh, you know. He's saying that before it was much harder to break through. Uh, I, I think that my personal view on the music industry is that it used to operate more predictably, but now it's way more unpredictable. 
So I think that it wasn't easier to break out back in the day, but if you were able to find the combination, you could unlock the safe. That's how it was. You just had to find that combination. Um, I don't think it's easier nowadays to break through because the market has become oversaturated. Um, but Gary Vee is saying that it was harder before and now it's easier than it has ever been because of the fact that, um, you know, the music industry has, uh, technology has made it easier for music artists to release music nowadays. Now he says in this article, the things are different now. Now we have so many social media platforms and there are so many opportunities for artists to get noticed. You don't have to wait for some executive, AKA gatekeeper in an office to notice you. A lot of artists complain about how no one pays for music anymore because everything is so freely and cheaply available. But the truth is there are so many more artists that have built a fan base because of streaming services and free platforms like SoundCloud or YouTube. Now, I do agree with the fact that uh, it's it's you don't need a gatekeeper to notice you nowadays. I say that all the time. You don't need a record label. You really don't need to to get signed by anyone unless you just want to seem like you've increased your status. That's really all that labels can do these days um, that you couldn't do yourself. Now, I understand some labels can give you financial backing, but there's a lot of options now, at least. I'm not saying that if you don't sign to a label, you could still go record in a $2,000 a day studio because obviously labels would have to back you for that. But I'm saying there's always a way around. Just because you don't do it exactly the way that the label would doesn't mean that you can't do it yourself and... uh you know, find a, your way around that type of uh, curve in the road or whatever. You, you can find another road to get to the same destination. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, so the first point inside this article is talking about the six ways that um, six music marketing ideas for music artists in 2019. He says, sorry, that uh, the, number one, the real money is in brand, not in the end consumer. So he's saying that more and more artists are starting to understand that in the old world of music, you would have a handful of artists making millions and millions of dollars by selling songs and CDs, but the internet has uh, democratized everything, which means that instead of a handful of artists making a ton of money, you've got thousands and thousands of artists making 30000 50000 or $100,000 a year plus from their music. But most of them aren't making it by selling songs. They're doing it by building a brand. And brand gives you the option to monetize in, in a variety of different ways. You could do live events, private hangouts for your top fans and more. Now, I 100% agree with the idea that um, the money is in the brand, not in the music. 100%. I mean, I'm so excited to say the fact that my book is, uh, I got the test print back and the final print is going in very shortly. So it's going to come out soon. And there is a whole section dedicated to branding and why it is so important and how to build your brand and how to use your brand as an extension of your music, which is diving deep into... Uh, an area of like marketing or however you want to say it, I don't know, that is very conceptual. And I don't know, I don't see many people doing it. So I'm really excited to hear what you think of it. But it's, uh, I'm using, I think branding is incredibly important for reasons outside of what people may think or what you may think. It's not just a way to, you know, put your name on a t-shirt. It also is a way that you can communicate your artistic vision through visual imagery to create a communal or common mental escape that all your listeners will go toward. I know that sounds crazy, but you've got to read the chapter in my book to understand it. Uh, More or less saying that, do you ever feel like when you listen to music that it takes you to another place? Well, the idea being that you can influence that through your branding so that all your your listeners go to the same place mentally, which means that when you provide content that suits that, um, you know, metaphorical 
um, space that you build or, you know, place or whatever, you know, what I'm trying to say, uh, if you provide content that fits that image, then all your listeners are going to resonate it with the best. And that's, what's going to help you build a connection amongst your fan base. It's providing a slight visual influence to provide that suggestive imagery, but that's how powerful branding can actually be. And I'll show you how to use that to your advantage in my book. Um, but Gary is right here. Branding is super important. Now, at the very end where he says a few examples about how you can go about it, you do live events and private hangouts for your top fans. This is great. And I mean, that they're not bad ideas, but they're not relevant to aspiring music artists, okay? There is no way that a person who is just getting started has enough pull or enough fan base or enough cult listeners or converted listeners to um, to warrant or to be able to pull off a privatized event where they charge money to hang out with their top fans. Like, obviously, that comes with experience. And I feel like there is a bit of a hole in the music industry where people just assume... Um, you know, that you've got a big following already because things become much easier or much more simple when you do. Uh, that's why I try to fill that gap by saying, this is what you need to do if you're not at that stage yet. Uh, but point one does make good, uh, a good point. Money is in the brand, not in, uh, in the selling of, um, you know, music, for example. I mean, you can make a lot of money from selling merchandise. You could create a merch line that aligns with the specific motivation that you want your music to uh, make, you know, the difference you want your music to make in the world. You could release a clothing line alongside that and market it as an extension of your music. There are a ton of ways you can make money from the music industry, but branding should be your number one priority. So I totally agree with that. Uh, point two he's got here is eat caviar with a 40 ounce. So he's saying this is a concept he articulated with meeting uh, Juicy J. And what he means is to stay true to your roots, even as you get bigger and bigger, a lot of artists completely flip and change their music to match the environment when they move from a hometown to a big city like LA. But the way Gary thinks about it is that when you move to a big city or start to get more successful, you should still keep 80% of your street vibes while mixing it with 20% of your new environment. Uh, I, I, um, I agree that it is important to stay true to who you are. I, I don't really see how this is, uh, it's more advice than it is a music marketing idea. Um, but I, I do think it's, a. Uh a cool little catchphrase. And, uh, you know, the, the idea of staying true to who you are is super important. As I've said a million times, if you've heard any of my content before, your story is the most important thing um, to separate you from the noise. The reason that these uh, talent-based TV shows like, you know, Australian Idol, you're probably not from Australia, uh, but, you know, the American Idol or, you know, Britain's Got Talent or The Voice or whatever, like those type of shows, uh, they always, there's a reason why they always show a backstory to a performer before they come out is because they obviously have found through market research that people relate to a story, you know, before they, more so than they do just hearing someone sing. It provides context. It provides a, you know, a, a sense of uh, knowingness to who you are as a person and it gives them a reason to want to watch you. Now, obviously, story is super important and there's a huge chapter in my book dedicated to it as well how to find yours and how to get uh, yours out there into the world uh, but being authentic to who you are is super super important I agree with that point as well you should definitely be living your best life on social media while being open and showing everyone your flaws showing everyone your imperfections I've worked with artists that have told me so many re like when I ask them what's preventing them from reaching their music goals uh, a lot of the times people will start mentioning the things that could actually be the reason that they achieve their music goals like they'll sit back and say that these things are roadblocks and are preventing them but a lot of the times your scars will be what will help you make it if you show them to the world other people will relate and that will help them build a connection with you as a music artist and you know want to follow you and want to be a part of your journey because 
as I've talked about a million times, it's never been about music. It's been about connection. And if you can build that connection with your followers, that's when big things are going to happen for you. So number three here on the list of music marketing ideas for 2019 by Gary V. He says, interact with your audience. He says, you know why people tend to make fun of trendy pop songs? It's because they're fleeting. Artists like Michael Jackson, Grateful Dead, and Madonna are so popular because they build a community around their music. Of course, they had unbelievable talent, but there are a lot of people who had their level of talent that didn't achieve the level of didn't achieve the level of success that they did. The reason they did is because they built a community around their music. It's why People wear Grateful Dead t-shirts and Michael Jackson gloves. I mean, this is amazing. I talk about inside my book, The Four Dimensional Songwriter, um, the four dimensions you need, the four pillars to be a successful music artist in this day and age, to be successful in this day and age. And uh, number four is the lifestyle. Now, I totally agree with the idea. Gary calls it a community. It's, uh, in my opinion, it's it's making your listeners feel expensive. It's making your music add more to your listeners' lives than just sounding good. It's it's making them feel like a better person. I liken it to buying expensive cologne. Why do people buy cologne? There's no way you can smell the cologne through the ad. There's no way that like if it's on TV or in a magazine, unless it's one of those old school scratch and sniff things, do they even work or represent the smell? Anyway, like properly, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, there's no way you can actually try the perfume before you go into the shop. But a lot of the times people are already sold that they're going to buy a specific perfume before they've even smelled it. So why is that? It's because of the fact that they've been pre-framed through the ads to think that putting this perfume on is going to make them feel more expensive. It's going to make them feel better about themselves. It's going to make them feel like everyone's going to look at them when they walk in the room. Like a scent is one thing, but how crazy is it that they can spray this perfume or cologne on and feel more confident? Like confidence coming from a scent because of the fact they've been pre-framed. That's the only way that it works like that. And pre-framing is not a difficult concept to understand. It's not foreign. You're pre-framed every single day. You'll see ads that will let you or that will make you think that, you know, a burger is delicious before you even go and try it. Like McDonald's are great at pre-framing and Burger King, like, uh, I mean, uh, Hungry Jacks in Australia, as we call it. Um, we call it that because it's called that. It's not like we just have a nickname for it. Um, you know, all these different burger places, Carl's Jr., whatever, the burgers will fall down and like bounce on uh, the grill, you know, different, like they make the burger look delicious, right? And it makes you want to go out and get one straight away. That's pre-framing, okay? You think it's delicious before you even try one. And yeah, we have Carl's Jr. here now. Australia's not so weird after all, you know? Uh, but definitely, uh, building a lifestyle around your music is super important if you can build that community. I mean, that dives into the listen path model that I talk about with transitioning listeners from people who've never heard about you before to becoming true fans of your music. If you can move them all the way to that final category, which are your cult listeners, if you can find that cult audience and then provide a lifestyle element to make your music add more to their lives than uh, just sounding good, then I mean, that's more than just, more than just sounding good. That's when big things are going to happen for you and that's exactly where you will become like you you will start seeing the momentum of an artist of that caliber like michael jackson madonna etc grateful dead as gary said like because they've managed to build a culture around their music so if you can manage to do that it'll be it'll do big things for you now if you want to know if you want to see where the lifestyle element presents in real life next time you're in the car with your friends like in a with a group of people just look for the person who wants to grab uh, you know, to Bluetooth their phone through or put the aux cord into their phone and play their music because they're obviously, they've obviously been affected. They've obviously, sorry, been affected by the lifestyle element by some artist. And now they want everyone 
to know that they listen to that artist because it's an extension of their personality. Same reason people wear band shirts with their logos on it. It's the exact same thing. So that's what you need to be taking advantage of. And I really think, uh, I really think you'll get a ton of, uh, a ton of response once you can figure it out. So this is where we step into parts of Gary's article where I may not agree with, okay? Number four, he says, do music collaborations outside your genre. He says, collaborations are huge because they allow you to trade fans with other artists, especially when they're outside your direct demographic. If you're a rapper, one of my biggest pieces of, of, of advice for you, sorry, would be to do a collaboration with a country star tomorrow. Get a Latin trap artist to sing the hook of your next track. Hit up R&B stars that used to be huge 20, 10 to 20 years ago. People grossly underestimate how much this matters. Think about it. The entire genre of hip-hop took a massive step forward when Run DMC did a collaboration with Aerosmith. Most people don't understand how much uh, Kendrick Lamar's collaboration with Taylor Swift mattered to his career. There's only one asterisk. It has to be authentic. You shouldn't do collaborations just because you think you, they'll get you uh, they'll get you more that they'll get you more awareness. Sorry, you have to do them because you like the music. I think this is a great point. Uh, I feel like you're teetering on the edge of something that I don't think is right, but I feel like this generally is a great idea. Uh, the idea of stepping outside your genres is taking advantage of essentially influences on a music level because you can kind of promote yourself to different fan bases. The only issue with this setup excuse me, the only issue with this setup is the fact that you're only uh, there's no point advertising um if you're mcdonald's advertising to an audience that are vegan you know what i mean because they're not going to really want to buy from you I, I mean that's just an idea off the top of my head i don't know if vegans eat at mcdonald's but you know what i'm trying to say uh, there's probably something there that I can have right but um that's the thing like musically if you're one genre and you you go to another or go to and promote yourself in front of another audience by collaborating with an artist they like to hope what conversion rate are you going to get out of that? You have to make sure that the artists you choose to work with have demographics that align with yours that allow them to at least give you a shot. Now, I understand um, that, that uh, you know, the idea of um, collaborating two radically different genres at once. Hey, I've even done that. I got to collaborate with one of my favorite rappers of all time on one of my old band's songs. And I still, to this day, think it's my proudest musical achievement. I'm so happy with that. Um, and that was great because it, it, it's something different. And I, that can kind of help you stand out a bit. It's not just another rap track. Um, you know what I mean? So it was cool that we did our alternative sounding music with, you know, some great rappers over the top of it. Um, but you know what I mean? I, I don't really see a huge conversion rate of, um, you know, his fan base liking our music because we're nothing like him. So, I mean, you got to think about who you actually go through and how that works for you. But this idea works much bigger than just through the collaboration. If you look at Cardi B when she did I Like It, um, is that the song she did it with? Is it Bad Bunny? I don't know the names. There's so many people to remember the names of. But anyway, she did, uh, you know, the, I, I forgive my ignorance because I, I broke that song down in an episode of Deconstructed, but I can't remember much about, um, you know, it now apart from just the main hook. But, um, is he, was he Latin? I can't remember, but he come from somewhere. Uh, he, he rapped in a, you know, in a verse that wasn't in English and that produced crazy amounts of views because they had a whole nother physical location demographic to watch the video and bring in from that so it's not like cardi b went to a metal band and you know collaborated with them there wouldn't be a huge you know a huge crossover in those those two fan bases but if you go to another country's fan base and use them i mean south america is a huge market and they could like really do big things for a music artist's career because they will promote 
the crap out of anyone from America. You know what I mean? America is that secret power that, you know, <laughs> you need, if you're from America now, you've got something that, um, you know, a lot of you know, everywhere else in the world doesn't. Uh, you know, they don't have, it's, you've got the Hollywood factor. Every time you guys speak, it sounds like you're out of a movie because of the movie industry and, you know, people take Americans seriously. So, I mean, if you can go to your other countries that will want to support you, I mean, you know, they're going to support you. So that's why I think Cardi B blew up with that song. If she just did it without any collaboration or just an English collaboration, it would never have been as big as it was. Okay. Uh, so think about it that way. It doesn't have to be confined straight to um, someone locally to you, you know, uh, demographically speaking on like a locational plane. Really cool. That's something you should be doing. And it does make a good point in here that I think is fantastic to hit up R&B stars that used to be huge 10, 20 years ago. Big point. That's a massive point. I've worked with artists, uh, you know, that I've used to love as a child because I messaged them and they're just not as big now as they used to be. So they, you know, they can write back and a lot of them don't have huge followings on social media because they don't use it that often, but they'll still reply to you. So, I mean, just send a message and see what they have to say. Okay. Like really big things can happen for you. If, uh, if you contact older stars, I mean, you know, they're much more approachable these days and it could be enough to still leverage you up in the industry for that, you know? So number five here, the second last one he's got is produce a higher volume of music. This is what you would have heard in the beginning. And this is a point I don't entirely agree with, but he says in this article, the number one piece of advice I have for artists is to put out music every single day. I don't agree with that. But anyway, I'm reading on. And most artists hedge against this because they don't want to dilute their craft. But here's the thing. Most people only, people only remember the hits. Sorry, they forget the other stuff. If you put out 100 songs in a row and 70 of them don't get traction, there's no loss. People will only remember the songs that hit. So if you're a talented artist, the upside of having 100 at-bats is anonymous. Is, is anonymous. Is enormous, sorry. All you need is one song to reach the right person to take your career to a whole different level. The downside is practically zero. I don't think the downside is zero at all, uh, and I, but I do agree with the uh, the the sentiment that uh, you know you only need one song to reach the right person to take your career to a whole different level. And obviously, if you reverse engineer that idea, it's saying we'll release as much as you can, just like throw it to the wall and see what sticks. But in order to gain traction and to be good, you need to put work into your songs. Okay, like. Um, with all due respects to Gary, because I think he's a fantastic guy, and I really think that 99% of the stuff he says is like very agreeable. Uh, you know, you can agree with that at least. I, again, it's 1.30 in the morning, and I'm just recovering off a of sickness that I've been up all night with my baby being sick. So I'm like, my head is everywhere. So forgive my uh, made up words. But uh, I, I feel like this is said by someone who has observed the music industry and not been in it. Okay. So if you've been in the music industry, you know that your discography matters and you know that everything you create really needs to stand for something. Uh, you don't want to look like someone who's just trying a million things and is just trying to find what's going to make them popular. Now, I know that Gary's not saying to do that. And I know he's not saying to go and just try a million things and, you know, fingers in all the pies to see what works. You he's saying to stick true to you and do as much as you can. But I know it's only a matter of time before most music artists, if you're creating that volume of songs, will start trying to experiment out of the genre to see what they get more response from. And that's a slippery slope. Okay. Uh, but I also think that regardless, I mean, of this, I always talk about finding the, your personal definition of perfection. Now, if you haven't heard me talk about that point before, I deliberately make it sound 
counterproductive because it's actually not that. If you talk about perfectionism and chasing perfectionism, usually if you do that, you'll never release your music. Okay. I understand that perfectionism is very constricting and it, 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 it makes you, it's very hard to finish something if you ch- chase perfectionism, but I'm not after you to chase something being de- like by the, the dictionary's definition of perfection. I'm not trying to tell you to chase that definition. I'm trying to say, chase your own definition of perfection. Okay. And what is your own definition of perfection? Well, a song is perfect whenever it com- uh, whenever it effectively communicates your internal music vision to your audience, okay? If you're hearing stuff in your recording that isn't there, like if you're hearing harmonies or new ideas or like emotions or whatever that aren't present, you can't expect your listener to understand it, okay? Because it's like handing them a drawing with the outline only done. Like you might know where all the color goes. You might not you might know so how it's going to work for you. You might know so how it's going to work for you in the future. You might know that, but how you might know how it's going to work for you in the future, but they don't. They can just see that outline on the piece of paper. So you have to make sure that your piece of paper that you're handing your audience is your full picture and perfectly makes them feel the way that you want them to feel. Does that make sense? That's when you have reached your definition of musical perfection, and that's when your songs are going to make a difference in the world. Okay, so that's when it really matters. Now, to produce songs of that quality, you don't need to lock yourself in a room for a year to do that, but you can't release a song every day and hold that standard. People do the 365 uh, songs a year or, you know, what is a song a day challenge? That's probably what it's called. Uh, but they do 365 songs a year. I'm used to seeing people where they have the number, like 117 out of 365, and they'll write a song every every day for a year. And that's really cool. But you can't tell me that that like that they have time to then go and produce those songs and release them as actual audio. And I mean, yeah, I, I can't agree with that. And Gary says in his video that um, people are hungry for it. And I, I don't agree with that. I feel like the market's oversaturated and it's really hard to get in front of the eyes of a general consumer. Watching his videos about the music industry may be super motivating and super, it'll pump you up. But I, I don't feel like that point at least is entirely accurate. Anyone who's been in the music industry knows that it's harder now than it has ever been to make a name for yourself. So you have to find a way to stand out. Now, I don't think that you have to do that through music exclusively. I feel like uh, trade your music, um, him saying release something every day about your music. I'm saying release something every day that supports one of the other four dimensions. You can't move people who don't know anything about you uh, to listen to your music. So if you're an up and coming artist, you've got to build that connection with your fans first to give them a reason to want to support you. Okay. And the way that they can support you or will want to support you is if they uh, have an access point to your listen path, which is the path that transfers them to becoming a true fan that is outside of your music alone. Okay. You need to give them something to be interested in from the beginning. I always say that people aren't opening Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or whatever to listen to music because they do that if they were on SoundCloud or whatever or Spotify or, you know, Google Play or Apple Music, whatever. But unfortunately, most people are using these other platforms. So what you have to do is wrap your music up in a package that suits what people are looking for on these other platforms and then work from there. So do that. Don't be providing music every day. Provide people a reason to want to follow you and you can dive deep into your story, your motivation, et cetera, et cetera. Now, this last point here, I don't have much to say on. It says, uh, promote your music through vloggers and influencers. I 100,000% agree with this. I'm not even going to read it. He's talking about Twitch. I've talked about Twitch for years and I mean, you've got to go on Twitch. You can go on there and pay $5 to 
have your music played on someone's Twitch stream. There could be up to 30,000 people inside, like watching that stream, right? So, I mean, that could be, you never know who's watching the stream. That could get your music out in front of people. It's a crazy, crazy good idea, okay? Uh, I And I would do exactly what Gary says. DM every major vlog, uh, vlogger that has 100,000 views on their videos and uh, offer to put your music in vlogs. Great idea. You should be talking to every YouTube vlogger. Just send out emails every single day and see who, who writes back because, I mean, that's just exposure to a new audience. So, definitely, definitely be doing that. So, overall, I agree with most of this article. I think Gary's got some fantastic points here, um, but I don't feel like his main point, which is release music every day and just keep releasing a new song because you're just one song away. I don't feel like that's as practical as he makes it up. But other than that, I mean, it's, it's good food for thought at least, but I feel like you should be concentrating more on getting your name out there as a person and, and then make people come for who you are and then stay for your music, so to speak, okay? Rather than just try to force your music down their throat from the beginning, because trust me, there are a billion artists out there that are all fighting to get heard by pushing their music. So be one of the ones that pushes outside of the music, find a new little way into the music industry and build around that. It's worked for a million artists that are now massive and huge, so make it work for you as well. Anyway, that's going to do it for me today. Hope you had a fantastic time listening to this. Hopefully it helps you. Uh, you go to listenpages.com to get three free months of the software. I mean, we're in our, we're almost in our testing phase for that. So I can only see it being maybe a few months away before we're ready to launch. So you can get three free months of that and make, uh, I mean, it's going to help you grow your music industry, um, your music industry, your music career like never before. And my book is so close. The four dimensional songwriter, how to dominate the new music industry. It is so close to coming out that I just cannot wait. I can't wait to get it in your hands. People have been reading it. They've got advanced copies, my inner circle, and they are loving it. I'm receiving huge compliments and saying that people have, I'm speaking to people like the book speaking to them, like it was written for them and that it's, uh, they, they feel like it's uh, cheating because it's, you know I mean? Saying that it's like has all the answers to the music industry and they feel, one guy said he feels guilty that other people can't read it yet. So keep your eye out for that. I can't wait to get it for you. I'm just going to send you a copy and you're going to love it. But it's then have a fantastic day night afternoon whatever it may be wherever you are in the world stay safe and i'll catch you later